up, Buzznet? In reference to the podcast here, fighting again. I mean, are you going to do your bit or, like, what the fuck? Are we just going to sit here? Oh, it's Murder Monday. Oh my God. Get ready for some murder. <laughs> we're we're going to have to make jokes during this one because it's, it's rough. So, want to be sensitive to Suzanne, but there may be some comedy just to alleviate sadness. So, my sources were Morbidology, where I found this article. Wiki- Is this the one you told me to not look at the other day? Yes. Wikipedia, and then ManchesterEveningNews.co.uk. And... I don't remember what the article title was. It says, mom-murder-suzanne-capper-slash-devastated-devastated. So, okay. So, Suzanne was born in 1976 in Manchester, England. She was 16 at the time of her murder. She grew up without knowing her real father and lived with her stepfather after after he left her mother. She started to drift from house to house and skip school. She was... Although she was going through a rough time, she was still known as a high-spirited, well-mannered girl who helped her stepfather around the house and was thoroughly polite. Um, It said that she was, like, constantly looking for, like, love and acceptance and... I know. Um, So she started to hang out at Jean Powell's house, which was falling down. I was going to make a London Bridge joke. (laughs) Also, probably not something people from England joke about. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Sorry. Also, for the longest time, did not know that that was, like, something that actually happened. I thought that was just some weird song that they taught us when we were little. No. I mean, most things from our childhood are, like... Like, Ring Around the Rosie's really dark. Yeah. All the fairy tales and shit. So, anyway... Uh, Jean's house was a common place for drug dealers, parties, and sex. Suzanne's stepfather, John, said he tried to stop her from going to the house, but that she was too strong-willed and did not listen to him. So, the group involved in Suzanne's death were the following. Bernadette McNeely, she was 24. She was a mother of three and a drug addict. Jean Powell, who also had kids, but I didn't say how many. Glenn Powell, 29 had previous convictions for burglary, theft, and drunken disorderly conduct. He was Jean's ex-husband. Jeffrey Lee, who was... Was Jean a woman? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm saying it because one of my supervisors' name is Jean. Oh, no. Jean is a man. No. Well, this is like... Is it J-E-A-N? Yes. G-E-A-N. G-E-A-N. Jean, what's the matter? Uh, okay, Jeffrey Lee was 26. He had previous convictions for robbing his 86-year-old disabled aunt. Asshole. I agree. Anthony Michael Dudson, 17. Uh, and he was Jean's on-again, off-again boyfriend. So, just, just to remind you, Jean was 26. And how old is he? 17. It's illegal. Uh, is it, though, over there? I don't know age of consent in Britain. Or Manchester, England. And then Clifford Pook, who was 18. He was 
He's Jean's brother and Suzanne's ex-boyfriend. The age of consent for sexual activity is 16. So he was legal. Since 1885. Uh, in late 1992, Jean beat Suzanne up and Suzanne went to her mother's house to ask to stay there, but was turned away. According to Suzanne's sister, Michelle. Oh, that was according to Suzanne's sister, Michelle. Michelle also said that Suzanne was so nice that she was bullied and taken advantage of. In December of 1992, the group claimed Suzanne infected them with pubic lice. Anthony was having sexual relationships with Suzanne, Jean, and Bernadette. So homeboy was getting, getting it. Which, like, good for you. I mean, but, like... Like, he probably had it and spread it to everybody else. Yeah. Um, so, in retaliation to them getting crabs... Okay, remember, that's what this is over. Supposedly. Allegedly. In December of 1992, the group... Oh, let's just get it. <laughs> On... I almost... Yes, okay. On December 7th, 1992, the group lured Suzanne from her home back to Jean's by telling her that a boy she liked was there and wanted to see her. Once there, Suzanne was held down and Glenn shaved her hair, eyebrows, and pubic areas. After they... After that, they placed a plastic bag over her head and walked her around while hitting her on the head. The group then took turns hitting her with belt buckles and large ornamental wooden spoons. The beating this first night was so severe that one of Suzanne's arms would hang uselessly by her side for the rest of her imprisonment. After this beating, she was placed in the cupboard. Which I assume they meant closet. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some cupboards that are big enough to. Anyway, um, the group was worried that Suzanne's cries would disturb Jean and Bernadette's children, so they moved her to the abandoned home of Bernadette, which was just a few doors down. Here, she was tied to a bed, spread eagle, with socks stuffed in her in her mouth to keep her quiet. Her two front teeth were pulled out and another was chipped, exposing the nerve. She was injected with amphetamines and burned on the face and body with cigarettes. At one point, the smell of Suzanne lying in her own excrement became unbearable, so she was shoved into a bathtub with concentrated dis disinfectant and scrubbed with a yard brush until her skin came off. What is a yard brush? I'm thinking like a broom. Like a push broom? Yeah, that's kind of what I was picturing. That's fucked up. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of it's fucked yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, but no. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so she's suffering through all that. And then she was also forced to listen to a tape of Chucky saying, I'm Chucky, wanna play? Oh, hell no. As well as rave music at maximum volume. Like, during the whole torture. Which, I've never seen Chucky, but, like, that's because I don't like dolls. And... Well, there's two different, because, like, before he becomes Chucky, it's like, Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? And then, like, it's... Whenever he's, like, all disfigured, it's creepy. Yeah, I'm assuming. It doesn't say which one, but I'm assuming the creepy one. Like, hi. Regardless of which one it is, it's probably still creepy. Yeah. 
Um, so on December 14th, 1992, Suzanne was forced into the trunk of a Fiat Panda car that was stolen. She was taken to a wooded area and forced out of the car and then pushed down an embankment. Allegedly, Bernadette poured fuel over Suzanne and set her on fire. Jean said she went straight up in flames and was screaming. Well, no shit. Yeah, literally as I typed that, I was like, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, if somebody lit you on fire, if somebody poured fuel on you and lit it on fire. I would be screaming before I was even lit on fire. Yeah, which I'm sure she was, but. (laughs) This is so, these people, it it amazes me that people are like. This is all over crabs. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say that, but. That's, like, the only thing that gives any idea that that's what they did it for. Yeah. Yeah. Are you having issues with those? No, they just fall out. My headphones. Okay. So, as the group left the scene, assuming Suzanne was dead, because, you know, they just burnt her, they sang Burn Baby Burn as they walked back like to the Like the Disco car. Inferno song? It just said they sang Burn Baby Burn. Like, that phrase. So, maybe the whole song. I don't know. Regardless. That's horrible. Fucked up. So, in an earlier episode when I said, like, people have the will to live, this is the this is what I was talking about. Suzanne did not die right away. She managed to survive and walk back up the embankment where Barry Sutcliffe found her. Sorry, Barry. I know I... Butchered your last name. Uh, She was burned on over 80% of her body, and there was skin hanging from her battered body. Like, the article said she told Barry, like, she just said, like, over in that field, they burned me. And it was like, he didn't need her to point that out, because it was so obvious. Like, you could tell. Yeah. Um, Suzanne did die four days later, but was able to name everyone in the gang. So police went to Jean's house, which was a mess. There were stolen car seats instead of couches, and they found a pair of bloody pliers, Suzanne's teeth and hair, all in a trash can. However, the group being the group, denied it all. Like, you just had somebody's teeth and a bloody... That all matched Suzanne's DNA, I assume, right? I mean... It was the 90s, I could do that. Yeah. Um, so the sentencings were as followed. So, obviously, police didn't believe them because Suzanne named them. I mean, it didn't say that, but that's my assumption. But yeah, like, if somebody who got burned that back can say, like, no, I know exactly who did it. Yeah. So, Bernadette McNeely was found guilty of murder and conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm. But she also pled guilty to false imprisonment. She was to serve a minimum of 25 years, but up to life in prison. However, she was released in December of 2014 after serving 21 years. She was said to be a model prisoner, although she did have an affair with a married prison governor who ended up resigning from his job. But she's free. Jean Powell was found guilty of murder, conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm, and she pled guilty to false imprisonment. She is to serve she was to serve a minimum of 25 years but up to life in prison and it appears she's still in prison i couldn't find that she was released glenn powell was found guilty of 
murder, conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm, and false imprisonment. So the other two pled guilty to false imprisonment. He did not. He is to serve a minimum of 25 years, but up to life. And I did not see that he was released. Jeffrey Lee pleaded guilty to false imprisonment and received 12 years. He was acquitted of murder and conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm. He appealed and then his sentence was reduced to nine years and he was freed in 1998. Anthony Michael Dudson was found guilty of murder and conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm, for which he was detained indefinitely with a minimum of 18 years. He pleaded guilty to false imprisonment. He appealed and his sentence was reduced to 16 years. He was placed in a low security prison in 2009. In 2013, he was told he could walk free because he did not pose a risk to the public. And that in de- detained indefinitely was the, like, at the Queen's oh, will yeah. or whatever it was. So, so none of the, like, so not all of them were accused, like, were convicted of murder. No. Jeffrey. So just the ones that, like, poured the gas and lit her on fire? I, no, because it said... Somewhere it said that it was Bernadette who poured the poured the gas on her, mm. but Jeffrey was acquitted of murder, and Clifford was as well, but the other ones were all found guilty of murder. So I don't know. It didn't really go into detail of, like, who did what, so. I know... Glenn was the one that shaved her head and everything. I don't know who pulled her teeth or any of that. That's like one of those things, though, like, you're kind of glad that she didn't have to, like, live the rest of her life like that. Oh, yeah. I know. It's... But, like, I'm glad she was able to, like, like point out her... Killers. Yeah. Yeah. Clifford Pook pleaded guilty to conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm and false imprisonment and received 15 years. He was acquitted of the murder and he was freed in May 2001. So Clifford, Anthony, and Jeffrey are all, and Bernadette are all free. But Gene and Glenn are not. I assume his name's Glenn. It's G-L-Y-N. Could be Glenn. But I assumed it was Glenn. Sorry if you just listened to this whole episode and Who knows? I said his name wrong. Um, yeah, so... N- no offense, but they're all shitty people. Yeah. But it's kind of like... not. I'm not giving them an excuse because there is no excuse. But I also kind of wonder, is it like the bystander effect, like... I'm not going to say anything because I assume somebody else in the group is going to be like, hey, this is fucked up. Yeah, but, like, it got, like, there was probably a point where, like, oh, hey, nobody's going to say anything, so I guess we're just going to do this. I know, but that's what I mean. Like, was it just, like, everybody, not everybody, but was somebody was else there, like, just waiting? like, a ringleader. Yeah, and was somebody else just waiting for them to be like, no. Like, this is bad. Yeah, like, stop it. Stop it. They needed a stop it painting. They did. Yeah. So, thanks to the person who wrote the Morbidology article, because that's what I used um, the other night when I was, like, 
Oh, fuck. It's Thursday, and we are to record six episodes each over the weekend. <laughs> You're like, I have one done. I don't even know if at that point I had one done. So, um, what was my first one? No, I didn't have one done. I did all, all the ones that I had done. I started on Friday and finished this morning. <laughs> Uh, this afternoon. It was like 2 o'clock. So. Uh, so that's that on that. What you got for us? Uh, next is... Picky Picky Friday. Oh. Apparently I had a little sheets moment and spelt ghosts with a Z at the end. <laughs> the World Trade Center ghosts. Ooh. That was my suggestion. That was your suggestion. Just thought of places we've been. Until Freaky Friday, find us on Instagram at in reference to podcast, on Twitter at in reference to uh, Gmail, in reference to podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Gmail. <laughs> and you can help support us in Wikipedia on Patreon at in, in at patreon.com backslash yeah. in reference to. Yeah. Uh, Gmail. Yeah. Uh, Gmail. Yeah. Um, so yeah, until next time, I gotta count. I can't just assume we're good enough. Yeah, we're not enough. gonna do it at the same time. Although, I don't know why I don't just copy and paste from another episode. It's not the same. Fuck!